When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday, July 27th, 2021. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing, streaming live on YouTube, on Twitter, and of course, on the Real Vision platform. I'm Ash Bennington, joined today by hedge fund telemetries, Tommy Thornton, one of our favorite guests here on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Let's take a look at what's happening right now. Uh, there's a, been a lot of churn in the NASDAQ today. NASDAQ Composite, NASDAQ 100, both off uh, by more than 1%. Apple, it looks like on the day, off about 1.5%. Final numbers on NASDAQ, closing out the action at 14,660 on the day. That's off point. 21% on the day. The route deepens in China tech stocks. We'll be talking about that today with Tommy. Also, part two with Kathy Wood and Kirill Sokolov live on the Real Vision platform for Real Vision subscribers right now. An excellent interview, one that I am very much enjoying. Tommy, welcome back. How have you been? I've been great, Ash. Uh, thanks for having me back. Uh, Boy, I always seem to show up on these Tuesdays that are really volatile, and we've got uh, three big tech stocks uh, reporting, and I see Microsoft, I think they're out because they're trading up just a tad. Um, yeah, it's exciting. A lot of stuff happening. Tommy, you need to tip your agent for getting you on Real Vision Daily Briefing on the best days uh, for market volatility. Give us a little bit of an overview for what you think has been happening on the NASDAQ. Uh, and I know that we're, we've got some live uh, reports today, Microsoft, Google, Apple, all reporting today after the bell. I think Apple's at 4.30, Microsoft and Google uh, either out now or out shortly. We'll be bringing those to you live as the numbers come in. But Tommy, what do you think overall on the action on the day? A uh, little bit of a dip, maybe some anticipation on earnings. What are your thoughts there? I Well, we've seen this... Um... We've had this market that has had a lot of divergences. And what I mean divergence is we've seen fewer new highs. We've seen fewer stocks above the 10-day moving average, 20-day moving average, 50-day moving average. Uh, but we're hitting new highs. And we're getting new highs because the mega cap tech names and uh, consumer Amazon, Facebook, they have done the heavy lifting, and it doesn't take a lot for them to move up a little bit and really uh, accentuate the move uh, in the NASDAQ and S&P. But I think it's interesting because we're starting to see some of these Chinese tech names really fall apart. And and I'll tell you, I've, I've had several trades with those, well, many over the years, but recently over the last six months. I caught the top pretty well, covered, made a nice uh, trade. I tried to buy in April, I think it was April or May, and I think it was on here telling everybody about it. I got stopped out. And the trend has been very persistent on the downside. And we talked about it a while back, 
how um, the the Chinese government has really declared war on these mega cap tech names, uh, consumer names in China, and they just have you know the mandate to stamp them out, and they they crushed the uh, education stocks. I mean, crushed the education stocks. I wish I was short those. But wow, I mean, they yeah, are not stopping. They said that education is no longer a for-profit industry uh, in China. Jack uh, yesterday said uh, that Marxist-Leninism is back in China after all yep. these years. I mean, that's a pretty big, you know, that's basically an entire sector just got hammered by decree. No, they, they, they didn't get hammered. It's dust. It's, it, you know, they, they were just destroyed. And so... My view is um, I look at a lot of technical stuff. I, I do have a couple starting to see some DeMarc signals appear, not quite there enough for me to get involved. Um, I don't want to be involved. I mean, EEM uh, did have a DeMarc by 13, but you also ha have to remember the largest weights in there. You have Tencent, Alibaba, a uh, few others. And if they're get, if they're if China's declared war on all these companies, and I really think it's a major crackdown, and I think I think it's going to last longer. There'll be bounces, but they're also doing this perhaps against the Western countries, maybe specifically the U.S. That we have a lot of assets in those stocks, and they could give you know nothing. They don't care if we we lose money in those stocks, and. Honestly, you know, they have a mandate, they will fulfill that mandate in the US or in Europe. They talk about it, but they don't really do much. And I heard someone say today that this is really what the US should be doing with the large mega cap stocks that we have here that have become so powerful. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a version of that, but China does things with an iron fist and you know, the US will sort of back into it and uh, try and come up with a, a solution. Yeah, that's a really interesting analysis. Uh, and uh, definitely, I'm, I'm sure there are folks uh, in the United States, uh, particularly the critics of the major cap tech stocks who wish they could do that. I suppose we should be very fortunate that we live in a country where that's not something that can be done uh, by a, a ministry official. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to have that in our life. I think there's regulation that's going to take place. And I think that's a good thing. If anything, it, it just puts speed bumps in front of all these mega cap companies to allow new companies to develop and grow and 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 become something that they want to be. I, you know, that they just get swallowed by these these um, the technology gets swallowed by the big mega cap names names. And another thing is, I don't see a lot of these big companies. Um, innovating as much as they have in the past. I mean, Apple's a great company. They innovate a ton of stuff, but my phone looks the same. Hopefully, they have some further enhancements uh, over the years. They need a new product. Maybe it's going to be a car. Who knows? But they need something new to keep this thing going. Now, just breaking news here, Microsoft is down almost 3%. AMD is down 2%. Uh, Starbucks is down 2%. And I previewed these earlier, or yesterday, actually, earlier this week. It's a long week. It's Tuesday. Uh, the problem that I've found is uh, these stocks in the NASDAQ, these big mega cap names, uh, Phil Erlanger has a research company, uh, Erlanger Research, 
and he tracks short interest and he ranks stocks from type one through type four. And I'll tell you, type one are stocks with heavy short interest with the potential for a short squeeze. Type four are those stocks with very little short interest, short, short, um, short ratio under a day. And what, what I've noticed is about 16% of the entire market is now a type four market. And that was the exact same percentage that we saw back in August when after that big tech run and we, we saw a big pullback. And that really was it for several of these companies that hmm. they didn't see new highs for a while. So I think that we, we have a market right now. I mean, Microsoft earnings, I bet I haven't looked at it, but I'm bet I would bet that they're great and they're just getting sold off because we've run out of buyers. There's exhaustion signals. Market sentiment is extreme. So it's, it, it takes a lot to really move these things higher. I mean, even Tesla yesterday, they had, I mean, truth be told, a pretty decent earnings report. Um, and the stock yeah, let's talk a little higher. bit about that because you know uh, we were looking at those headline numbers looked pretty good yesterday. Um, we wanted to dig down into the internal dynamics. Looks like uh, a fairly substantial percentage of that revenue uh, is coming from uh, automotive sales, which is what you would want to see rather than tax credits. Uh, I think only about three hundred and fifty some odd million in tax credits and ten billion uh, in gross revenue from uh, automotive sales at Tesla. Right. I mean, they had gap earnings of over a billion, and that's a record for them. Uh, congratulations. Uh, they still had, you know, 350 billion or 350 million in um, emissions credits, which I think that will start to drop off uh, in the next couple quarters, and that will be a less of a margin uh, boost for them. It's partly because uh, Stellantis, which is the it's Renault, Peugeot. All the Jeep, all the, um, the conglomerate, uh, they are making more EVs, so they don't need to um, buy emissions credits from Tesla. And that's been a real, I mean, that's been basically the entire profit over the last eight quarters. It made, right. they've, they've bought more emissions credits uh, or sold more emissions credits than uh, net income. So you're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You know, yeah. So, so a good sign to see that ramping up uh, revenue from automotive. Tommy, to switch gears here a little bit, I know that you were looking at some of the things as I was prior uh, to going on air today about some of the uh, word coming out of CDC uh, about additional recommendations for Delta variant uh, for wearing masks. What are your thoughts there? What's the potential impact to the economy? Well, we haven't seen any impact to the economy yet. And that's the, the the main thing we had. We were getting these dribs and drabs of news saying that there may be a mandate nationally for everyone to wear a mask again. I, I'm not for that. I've been vaccinated. I think a lot of people like myself will be pissed and say, you know what, we've been vaccinated. Um, you know, I, we don't want to wear a mask. And um, if I'm forced to on an airplane or public transportation, fine, I'll, I'll do that. 
But I just don't want to see this turn into lockdowns and until people that are resistant to get the getting the vaccine and that's their own choice. Uh, that's their choice. If they want to potentially get the COVID uh, Delta, that's their choice. But I think it's going to spook the markets, um, much like in China back in Hong Kong when SARS would mysteriously come back after it was eradicated. And then we, we had that, um, the, you know, the, oh, we have another SARS outbreak and, you know, the markets would get hit. So I think we're going to have the, these these nervous uh, periods and it's going to hit stocks. And it, like I'm buying airlines or I bought airlines recently. I sold my Carnival Cruise just because with a nice gain, actually, uh, today. Mm. But I think it's going to be, you know, these start start and stops uh, with COVID. I, I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, things get better in that yeah. regard. And, and in England and other some other countries, uh, the, the, the news is actually a little better that um, the case counts have dropped a little bit here and there. So maybe we're yeah. just behind them on that. So I look. I'm not going to tell people to get vaccinated, but go get fucking vaccinated, okay? Because <laughs> I don't want to sit home. <laughs> very well said, Tommy. Very political. By the way, I should say we're, colorful language. We were talking about mask mandates and on public transit. I actually goofed last week. Uh, I was fully vaccinated in uh, May and have been out, you know, wearing uh, like going to restaurants and doing all the things that we're doing here in New York City, not wearing a mask. But apparently, uh, in New York City, the mask mandate remains. Uh, on the subways and on buses. So on all public transit in New York City, masks are are still required. So if you're here in New York City, wear a mask, as I, of course, will be on mass transit. I I rode uh, the train into from Greenwich to New York for the Real Vision uh, Blacklist uh, dinner with Milton Berg last week and two weeks ago. And yeah, I wore a mask. Fine, I'll do that. Yeah, But I don't want to be... Put through the, what we've had before, and I, I went out and got the vaccine. I did my part, and I hope I got others, the vaccine uh, the first moment I humanly could. I, I got mine March first, March first, and that's when I was eligible. And don't ask me how I got some sort of in at um, Walgreens, <laughs> but it, I don't care. I got in. I got my my vaccine. Everybody in my family's had it, and I'm happy everything's reopened. Let's not have it, you know, close up again. Yeah, so indeed. Let's get out of this political debate. It's probably going to lose people here. Going, oh. By the way, talking of which, shifting gears to one of our top stories, I wanted to take a look uh, at a clip from an interview um, with Kathy Wood. Uh, this is Carol Sokoloff from 13D, interview with Kathy Wood. Uh, this one is obviously available on the Real Vision platform for Real Vision subscribers, available on the Essential tier. Uh, let's just take a look at the clip, and we can chat a little bit about it in a second. We are doing bottom-up stock research uh, as intensively as anyone else. However, we don't do quarter by quarter. There's a lot of noise in innovation, but we listen to every quarterly call. Our projections are year by year, updated as quarters come out, and our time horizon is five years. Most uh, other time horizons are much shorter. Now, When you look at the number of units of a new technology in the early days, um, the the difference between if you're you're mapping out, let's say, a linear growth 
uh, trend versus an exponential growth trend for a technology. In the early days, they don't look that different. The bases are too low. Give an analyst or a company five years and it's night and day. That's why our electric vehicle forecast today uh, for in five, 2025 is 40 million. Most others, if you look at all of the, um, the, the trade associations that forecast and so forth, you'll see maybe five or 10 million, not 40. It seems impossible. That is, again, another inefficiency we are exploiting because right law works. Well, there you have it, you know, a kind of a philosophical analysis on how Kathy Wood thinks about the world, how she thinks about the world differently uh, than many other uh, folks who are running money right now. I thought it was fascinating. She looks on a quarter uh, by quarter basis, uh, obviously, to look at news flow, but her time horizon looks more like five years She's looking at the difference between exponential versus linear growth, which takes five years, uh, and using electric vehicles, EVs as a test case, I think is really interesting. I'm also fascinated by Wright's Law, which I've just started reading about, uh, which is about how costs decline as cumulative production increases, and it looks uh, it looks a bit like an exponential curve. So it's a really interesting thing to think about. Yeah, it's it's. It's great in theory uh, that you're, you have a five-year time horizon on your investments. However, I'm not sure that the investors that have put their money into ARC funds are actually thinking the same way when they put money in earlier this year and they're down 20 to 25%. Uh, I, look, I, I like Kathy. I think she's really smart. Um, I think she overhypes what she does. A little too much, and I, I am actually short the Arc Fund, and I think it's going to go down another twenty percent. And partly because I'm short Tesla, and I think that's going to go down a lot more. Yeah, well, we're all about divergent views here at Real Vision. Which of the Arc ETFs are you short, and and why specifically? Uh, well, it's it's a lot of it is technical. A lot of it. Um, there's some that uh, is about liquidity. I think there's going to be a liquidity problem for her if which we already saw um, earlier in the spring. She has very illiquid companies. Uh, these companies don't make money. And I just tweeted out something for everyone to see. Um, Julian uh, Brigden did a great chart that I got inspiration. I overlaid DeMarc uh, indicators. And it is basically the ARC fund and the Goldman Sachs unprofitable company basket. And it's really highly correlated. So look, I think they've had a great run. I think a lot of it has to do with Tesla. And I've said this before, their analysis on Tesla, nothing actually happened that they predicted. Nothing. It's like they talked about the robo-taxis as this big thing, uh, the self-driving. You know, Those things haven't even, they're not happening right now. They're not going to happen for years. The stock ripped, and she hit her price target, and then some. And I kind of look at it like you hit a, your your golf ball off of a tree on a par three, and it rolled onto the green and into the cup. So it wasn't your like it, the outcome was what you wanted, but it wasn't quite how you wanted to hit the ball. So it's um, I'm going to watch it. I think it'll be a really good interview, and maybe my mind on some things will change. 
Well, that's what we're all about here, obviously, is being able to look at things from different perspectives, different angles. Uh, Kathy Wood interview now live on the Real Vision Essential tier. And uh, this is fun, of course, to debate it. My guess is that Kathy would probably say that's the importance of a time year, of a five-year time horizon. Uh, as she pointed out, obviously, things from quarter to quarter can move around on you. Uh, but her view is with the bigger picture. Tommy, how are we doing here looking at earnings? What do we see coming across the wire? Okay, so Google, you know, they print they print money. They can basically turn up their algorithm and and do whatever they want. So they're up three and a half percent. They were the only mega cap name last quarter to actually go up after their earnings and stay up. So they're up. Uh, AMD's up almost two percent. A one, or yeah, right there. Let's see. Facebook's and sympathy is up one point four percent, but down is Starbucks down two and a half percent. And if you look at the move that Starbucks had into this number over the last week, it was pretty easy to see that it was going to be very tough for them to continue this. Microsoft is down two and a half percent. You know, I I would be willing to bet that they they blew it out, but they tend. But to that's sell really out. interesting. We don't have the data, and we're looking for it here. It'll be here in just one second. But I'm curious about this precise point that you've just made. You see, uh, your expectation is a beat on earnings and revenue, and yet you see uh, the shares sinking. It looks like off a little less than 1% after our spot 8.7 down to 286.54. So what does that suggest to you, Tommy, when you see a beat on numbers or you anticipate a beat on numbers and you see the stock sell off? Well, expectations as stocks go up in... I mean, look, if if the stocks were down all last week and it was a you know two week decline you'd probably see the stocks rally on this but they just got above you know too far above their short term overbought again one of the things there weren't a lot of shorts involved so you didn't have a squeeze uh, it's it's a very crowded long very obvious uh, very simple company to own so maybe they just ran out of buyers here after hours maybe tomorrow there'll be something that you know the Fed'll say something nice and uh, dovish, and the, the stocks will move a little higher. But the reaction tomorrow is going to be very, very important to see how all of these react uh, after earnings. Now it's 4:21. We have nine minutes before Apple will post their numbers, and I anticipate those numbers to be very good as well. But I would not be shocked to see the stock pop and then drop because they've done that before. So it's just. Another thing that's happened that is interesting, instead of shorts being involved, we've seen a lot of call, we've seen a huge amount of call buying specifically in Microsoft uh, over the last couple of weeks. Apple, uh, Starbucks had a lot uh, recently. And that's almost a, a good tell of you know people buying calls at the highs and they buy puts on the lows. So we track that uh, through Erlanger's research as well. Mm-hmm. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Let's hit some questions, Tommy, coming in. Uh, first question comes to us. From uh, Divega Deval, Divega Deval is that Gamma? I think that's Gamma, right? Yeah. Change in yeah. Vega relative to change of volatility. Uh, so the one 
For t- here it is. One for Tommy. Does he feel the Chinese authorities are losing control? He said he's hearing uh, or she's hearing their high yield market uh, falling apart. Yeah, that, that Evergrande story is really, really dangerous because for, they for people who don't know, Tommy, give us the context on it. Um, Evergrande is like a conglomerate. Um, it, it was almost built as like a bad bank instruments or like a bad asset instruments. And there's just so much in there. And I, I mean, I don't know the exact, I mean, I'm not like an expert in this, but I've, I've read like skimmed over stuff regarding this, but there's a lot of money that, that U S and European and other uh, Asian countries that have lent to this come this, this, um, this business, um, so they have a huge amount of debt and their CDS is blowing out. It's going, you know, through the roof where it looks like it's going to default. Now is, will the government step in and bail them out? The thing that's interesting is will they bail out the foreign investors and how will that uh, play into things? Yeah. The, the high yield market in China, there's a lot of debt in China. There's, there's, it's sort of the wild west with debt in China. You don't know quite what you're investing in. So if this thing starts to blow, Chinese um, government is is going to have to make a big, you know, decision. And I was talking with uh, Julian Brigden. Uh, speaking of Julian, uh, he was thinking that um, there could be a dollar devaluation, a small one, like a la 2015, uh, with what China did uh, back then which could really, that was a really spooky time back in August. It was it 15 or 16. I think it was, it was 15. And that was a really spooky time. It hit all the U.S. markets and uh, it, it, was a, it was a shock. And it really lasted almost six months until a really good, deep, oversold condition in February of 16, which, which I will say that was one of the better buying opportunities uh, in the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at some other questions uh, coming to us. Here's one from Evan. Um, Tommy, I don't know if you're following this, but uh, obviously there's a potential other uh, debt ceiling crisis coming in. That the question is basically, are there any thoughts that you have on the U.S. debt ceiling? Do you see a significant risk of a deal not going through? Uh, I guess being asked to handicap politics uh, in yeah. the Congress. It, you know, the... Um, the <laughs> Well, the Republicans aren't really in control here. They they, they were in control um, with a Democratic president back in 2011 when there was a debt cri- or debt ceiling crisis, and they really were, you know, making it difficult. And then, of course, we had was it S and P or Moody's downgraded uh, the uh, the U.S. and that caused you know a big you know dump. But it was also you had a European crisis that was happening, but you know, this is just kabuki theater, the, the debt debt uh, ceiling. They'll raise it. They have to. They know that. They're just trying to be politicians and get something for their constituents and, and do something. It's just, it's a joke, honestly. I mean, how many times, oh, we're going to, we're hitting the debt ceiling. Oh, I'm so nervous because we're just going to raise it or we're going to extend it. And it's just kick the can down the road. It's a joke. That's how, that's just my feeling. I'm honest. 
No, and, and we appreciate that. And, and that's the one of the things that we want to do here, uh, particularly when we talk about politics, is to separate out, as you say, the kabuki theater from the real material threats uh, and risks. By the way, I don't think U.S. Con uh, US government debt ever got back uh, to AAA, did it? No. We're still at no. uh, AA plus, right? No. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Um especially after the last year that we've had, we've seen just such an increase in, in in debt. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But I don't think I'm not. That's not a, a tail risk. Uh, uh, I was uh, short the bond market. No. Yeah. Uh, no uh, by the way, oh. Google is now at 4%. Wow. They print money. God. I'm seeing a headline cross the wire right now. Google advertising revenue rises 69% from last year coming out of CNBC. Yeah, everything rose after year over year. I mean, we were all locked up in cages. I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, and everything was shut down and, you know, we've reopened. This could be peak, the peak uh, quarter uh, for the reopening. Um, maybe we're going to start to see margin pressures uh, kick in. You know, that's something that I've been talking about where we might be getting to the peak and the other side of the mountain. And that's going to be normalcy. And that's going to be something that could be a third quarter earnings event. And that would remind me of in 2000, we had such a big run into 2000. We had a you know a messy spring, started to come back in the summer, and then all of a sudden everything sort of fell apart when Nortel and Apple and Dell and Microsoft and Intel and everybody else uh, had such, they had such high expectations they had to guide down, and that really was a shock. Add in the presidential election mess, and it was a it was a difficult time. But I think that could be the time, third quarter, when we start to see earnings um, moderate and that growth uh, start to, to top out. And the stocks will react probably before that. Tommy, let me ask you this. As we talk yeah. about what that moderation effect looks like, what the normalization looks like, obviously this has been the, the steepest V-shaped uh, recession and then V-shaped recovery that we've ever seen. What happens on the other side of the mountain? What does the other side of the mountain look like? Is it a gradual sort of wind down to normalization? Is there another cliff face as the, you know, the residual buying or the backlash buying rolls off? I mean, how do we get some insight to that? How do you begin to think about that question? We're probably going to have the Fed in the next couple months, maybe at the Jackson Hole, mention that or give their schedule for tapering. I think the market's going to start to they'll get a little spooked and then they'll they'll recover and it'll be they'll start to get used to it. But they may be too late right now. They may have you know should have started um, you know at this time at the peak of of the recovery. Uh, here comes Apple uh, and. That is something that I think it's just earnings moderation. You've had really, really strong earnings despite the pandemic. You've had tons of liquidity in the market. And will that continue? It's very hard to continue this type of growth, um, especially if you start to see tapering, especially if you know the the, the um, stimulus money starts to you know, top out. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with the, um, oh, yeah, Apple blew out. 
So what do you I mean, see? What do you see crossing well, the wire? 81 billion, 81.4 versus estimates of 73.8 on revs. <laughs> and you think about how much they make every single day. It's just obscene. It is obscene, but incredible. And let's see, I don't see it on the up or down. Hold on. How'd they do on the bottom line? Oh, it's up. It's up 1% right now. It's up 1%. So there you go. Apple's up 1%. They blow it out and you get 1%. See, that's what happens when stocks get, you know, they run up into their earnings and you run out of buyers. Um, I mean, that is just an outstanding quarter. Um, uh, it's almost flat now. It's almost down. Wow. Yeah. Well, there was exactly what we were just talking about, what you suggested before, blowout quarter and not a response from markets signaling some sort of exhaustion running out. Yeah, Yeah, and we watched this. This happened in April as well and and through May. And then they go down and and then we, you know, we find some sort of bottom and dip buyers come back in and there you go. Happens again. Yeah. So we wanted to run a little bit long today to cover uh, this news, and there it is. Tommy, as you think about the week ahead, uh, what are your thoughts? What are you going to be looking for, and what are you watching? Well, we have this, you know, first of all, we're going to, we're peaking in earnings this week. This is the big week of earnings. Uh, we have GDP this week. We've got the Fed tomorrow. Uh, I think that it's it's a matter of you know, getting through earnings, seeing how the reaction to earnings is how, you know, if we can continue this run, I mean, the last five days or have been, or six days have been extraordinary. And I I just want to see if they can continue that. And if they, they don't, I think then we may have some seasonality kick in in August and September and, and, we could see some moderation in in the in the moves in the market. So I I'm I think it could be a very boring August. I say that. I also thought this year would be kind of boring, but wrong. August, uh, you know, it 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 typically is where people go away. They they you know take time off, and um, I won't be. But um, I'm a little bitter about that. But. Um, We'll see. Uh, I, I think it it's it's going to slow down. I think the the trading's going to slow down, and let's just see how far down we go. Look, we've seen a lot of demark, you know, exhaustion signals on the daily, and we've seen pullbacks between three and seven percent over the last year. Um, we've seen a, actually we might have seen a couple larger in some other indices, but that's all you've been getting. But they work, and you can buy dips on those. Uh, it's just that one time where you, you buy that dip and it continues lower. So I'm I'm watching for that. It may be happening in the next couple of months. And just again, the breadth of the market doesn't look great. And with some of the other indicators I mentioned. So I, I'm just I think it's gonna be hopefully boring in August. I've got a lot lot of other work to do. Um doing stuff uh, behind the scenes here. So I'm I'm hoping it kind of calms down. Yeah, I've said that, but it's never it's never calm. You know that, Tommy, Ash? I was just thinking uh, when you were saying the at the very beginning about how this could be peak. It reminds me of the uh, the old Jack Nicholson movie from the 1990s where he turns to Helen Hunt. He's playing this like depressive writer, and he says, "What if this is as good as it gets?" Yeah, maybe it is as good as it gets. I love Jack Nicholson. He's one of my favorites. He he um, he. Well, I lived near him. Um, 
growing up in LA and uh, absolutely the coolest cat by far um, I've ever seen and met and just, just awesome. <laughs> I don't think we can end it better than Jack Nicholson. Can we? Um, no, I think he's, um, he's, it, it's as good as it gets. It's as good as it gets. Ending. Except until you come back next, uh, following Tuesday from next Tommy, we always enjoy having you on the show. One more thing, Tony Greer, he's gone in Italy and I'm watching him on Instagram with his whole family and their beautiful family. They're in Italy. They're eating all this food. So Tony, if you see this, go to hell. <laughs> so angry. Why do you do that, Tommy? Tommy, enjoy the rest of your vacation. We'll be here when you get back. Tommy, thanks so much for joining us. See ya. <laughs> thanks for watching, everyone. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.